0: Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black ex in Panama, by way of Glassboro, New Jersey. You know it, right here on BlacksidRadio.com. Uh, what's up, y'all? How you doing? I'm glad to be back, hanging out with you guys. And, you know, today is like so many other days. Oh, my gosh. My clients, my radio show guests are just so freaking dope. Okay. It's just like, you know, um, it's just so wonderful to be able to talk to so many different people from so many different walks of life. You know what I mean? And, um, and I really do, you know, and I tell them, I don't go too deep into who you are and what your deep, deep story is, because I always like for our conversations to be organic, right? The issue with organic, though, is like, oh my goodness, you know, when you just be, you know, I'm digging and unearthing all this good, amazing stuff. It's just hard to stop, you know, and I always want to be bringing as much as I possibly can um, to you, uh, my listener and and eventually the viewer of these shows. And so sometimes they go a little long. So with that said, you know the deal. I ain't got time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile, baby, because we got to get to this interview. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I'll just give you a hint. Her name is Courtney Leek. She is a licensed clinical social worker and a Black expat in Panama and a beat community platform VIP and a black expat in Panama cultural relocation tour, alumni, baby. You know, I mean, she's just got all of this going on. And, you know, Courtney is going to um, talk with us today about her experience, how she transitioned to Panama, how she decided to to come to Panama. And then she's also gonna talk to us about, you know, some of the PTSD that um we deal with as african americans coming from the united states some of us don't even know we have it until we know that we have it but it is a real thing um believe me but just you know different um aspects of the whole emotional transition and um stuff like that so it's going to be a really good conversation you know the deal hang tight I'm going to bring her right on in just a minute. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black expats in Panama, by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on blacksitradio.com. Don't y'all go nowhere. I'm going to bring Courtney on. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black expats in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new black expats in panama community platform that's right our beat community platform or bcp that can be found at BlackExpatsInPanama.net. in panama.net just click on that link that says join the community there you will find businesses groups as members you'll be um, privy to events You can have, you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama, meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well, and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. Miss Courtney, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, so, so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad to have you. I know that we have been talking a while. I know you've been planning your work and working your plan. And I've just been really excited about the prospect of having you on the show and just, you know, having you share your journey of, of black sitting, relocation, whatever your story is. Um, with our guests. So I've told them a little bit about you, but can't nobody talk about you (laughs)
1: like you. So how about you um, give us a little background on who you are and what you're working with? Yes. So my name is Courtney Leak. I am a licensed clinical social worker, licensed in the state of North Carolina. Um, I have a private practice I'm a private practice therapist. I'm a mompreneur. So I'm a mom who's also an entrepreneur trying to figure out the balance of that. Um, I am a wellness curator, meaning I people come to me with ideas of how they want their wellness to look and I help them create that. Um, I do provide like one hour sessions, but I'm also someone who knows that that doesn't always work for people. They need something more intense, something more creative, something outside of the box. And I try to live outside the box because the box is constricting and we already did slavery. So I don't want to be imprisoned again. Um, And so I really try to live outside the box and help other people find a life outside the box if that is what they truly desire.
0: Yeah, and sometimes people don't know that's what they desire. They just know that they don't have what they need. They, they They just get that feeling like, You know what? It's got to be something different. It's got to be something different. It has to be something more. Um, Let me just ask you, when you say wellness curator, Mm -hmm. um, wellness curator. So does that basically mean that you will um, analyze um, or I don't know if that's the the best word or basically evaluate, Mm -hmm. evaluate Mm -hmm. individuals and help them to figure out what that looks like for them?
1: Yes um and usually that's done in the form of an, an intensive or a retreat. Um, so like right now I'm working with a group of people who, want to do some like wellness during their friend vacation. And Mm -hmm. so we're planning for them to come to Panama and they're going to do fun Panama things because Panama is for party. I love, you know, the fun I have in Panama and it's a really beautiful healing place. And so I'm going to be adding in some group therapy aspects, um, some yoga aspects, um, some giving back aspects that I think is also really healing for the heart Mm -hmm. um, into their vacation. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like I guess was in New Jersey and I just worked with a woman and did deep therapy for four days. So mm-hmm. it looks different for everybody.
0: Wow. That's uh, that that's cool. And you said you you have a private practice. So do you right now have a private practice and you work for somebody else? You do two things or you just so you're a solopreneur now.
1: It's solopreneur, solo dolo, as the young people say. I don't actually know if the young people say that, but I say <laughs> solo dolo. Um, yeah, I contract with people. Like, people will hire me to contract with them for different things, but it's all under the umbrella of my practice.
0: So I know that when we talked before, and I want to get back to your your personal side too, but I, we just flowing with it, okay? we
1: kind had it, yeah.
0: I know that uh, when we um, talk before, like, you know, you live in Panama now
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you are, are you looking at the transition, the transition that black expats make uh, when they go to international spaces um, and you're going to be working with um, some of us, right?
1: Yes. that's my So hope. talk to yeah. me a
0: little bit about that. The black, ex- the, the expat transition experience.
1: Yeah, I think that it's important for people to remember. And this is not just for expats. This is anybody who thinks that they're healing or they're better is on the other side of something. Mm -hmm. Um, You take yourself with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, you going. And so you can be in the most beautiful place. And if you have not done the healing work, Around the wounds that you have, around the pain that's been visited upon you and the pain that you visited upon others, which requires your own self-forgiveness. You haven't done that work, the same stuff you're struggling with wherever you are, you will struggle with wherever you go. And I think a lot of us are like, I just got to get out of here. I just got to get out of here. I even found myself saying that, Mm -hmm. but I had to get honest about who am I taking with me. As I'm figuring out what I want to take to Panama. What mm-hmm. of me do what I not want to me? take to yeah. Panama? Exactly. And I had to get really intentional with my work so that when I got to Panama, I was open and well enough to dive into it because it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard and it's going to require a lot of intention and connection and wellness to expat well.
0: And I think that, I think that when we decide that we're going to leave, Okay, when we we decide we want to do something that, I mean, a lot of us have never done this before. You know, I commend so many folk that are doing this because we are truly pioneers. Uh, We Mm -hmm. are truly our ancestors, wildest dreams. And, but having, I I think my numbers guy said, we brought like 300 people to Panama. Mm -hmm. You know, since we started coming to bringing groups to Panama. And I think that what I've noticed during that time is that we do bring ourselves with us.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, I don't know if this is the right way or or I don't know that everybody will agree with me when I say this, but this is what comes to my mind. Sometimes we come with a chip on our shoulders. Yes. We -hmm. come with a chip on our shoulders. We come because we have been conditioned to being treated in a certain way for a certain reason and then responding Mm -hmm. in like, okay. And so for example, when I came, when I came, I knew I wanted to get away from the U S but sometimes Mm -hmm. until you make that transition, you don't really understand how bad you need it. You know what I mean? And then I think that's when people start getting to deal with, um, just who they bought with them. Do you know right, what I'm saying? Right. To this new space. For example, with us, one thing that I see a lot is that we always expect racism.
1: Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have
0: PTSD.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: We always expect it to be some foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. whenever somebody something happens, the first, the default response is They're treating me that way because I'm black. Right. And that is the trauma that the U.S. have placed on us. And I'm I'm, Mm -hmm. going to shut up in a second. But what I want (laughs) to say about that is this. Sometimes you might be right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might be right. Just because you're in another space doesn't mean racism doesn't exist. Exactly. And and everybody wants to hate anything. The blacker you are, the more hated you are. You know? Right. You go up on the melanin, you know, the less you are as far as lovable, I guess, I don't mm-hmm. know, or people suspect you to be negative or mm-hmm. to, to that something negative, but always to default to that is something that
1: we have to consciously work on not doing. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It is a racial PTSD that we experience. And so a lot of times it is our trauma response to get into protective mode, you know what I mean? I've also learned that, and this might be controversial too, um, that there is a continuum of racism and that there's some levels of racism that are ignorance and unintentional and they are open to education. And if I can approach them not in an activated, oh, you come into fight, I might actually be able to correct them with kindness and help them along, help the next Black person they encounter along, and maybe even build something beautiful with them because I was willing to have a conversation instead of a combat.
0: What do you say to the, um, there's a popular conversation among expats about the way we act internationally. And mm. there is a large audience that's like, I don't care what nobody say. I'm going to do what I do. I'm not going to allow the United States or the world put restraints on the way that I should act. I'm going to be what I'm going to be, and I don't care what nobody else thinks about it. How do you Do you have an opinion about that as far as when we go to other places, how we conduct ourselves and whether or not it has an impact on more Black expats coming behind you?
1: I do. I do. I think that there is a difference between... like how I express myself and how I respect a culture. And I have to also, I warn people all the time, especially black folks, that when you are raised in a system of like oppression and um, colonization, you pick up the oppressor's behaviors, and so it sounds real colonizer to be like, I'm going to show up however I show up in whoever country and land. We have heard that before. Yes. We have experienced good. that before. And be real careful that you, just because you're Black, you're not assuming you don't have some of your own colonizer you got to deconstruct. Because you that's need to show up in other people's places with respect and reverence. That part. Period. Period. <laughs> when I period, when I go to somebody else's house, I show up how they expect me to show up in their house. Now I can decide, oh, it's too restrictive in here. I like to cuss. They don't want me to cuss. I probably can't come back here, mm-hmm. but I don't get to go in there throwing my F-bombs because yes. that's me. That's who I am.
0: Exactly. And,
1: and expect them to be OK with that. Exactly. You know, one of the things is Panama is a more conservative country. Mm -hmm. There are certain places where they expect you to be more conservative. And Mm -hmm. when I'm in those places, I'm more conservative Mm -hmm. because that's me respecting where I have chosen to go. When you go somewhere else, you have to respect where they what they do. That's like a Holy Ghost tongue talking. (laughs) 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 Like
0: they ain't even calling it Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost baby. Holy Ghost tongue talking, run around the church whenever you want to. Person right. going into a very conservative church house, right? You know, and 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 cutting up like that because that's how they cut up in their church. Now, right. if you can't control the spirit, right. then you probably don't want to go to that church, right? And you get to choose not to. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But we do. I, I, it's so funny how you talked about the, you know, acting like the colonizer, because I see that with expats with locals, mm-hmm. I see that with expats with locals, and in particular, um, one thing that expats do here that just blows my mind is when they demand um, Panamanians to speak. English yeah you know, when you come to uh when you come to an international space and you're like oh my gosh nobody speaks English here girl mm-hmm. you are in panama right right panama. so i think that i'd really like to do a workshop you know just a seminar or you know maybe helping people express what they're feeling, not saying that your feelings are right or wrong when mm-hmm. you go to a place, but how do you express that? And I like you said expression versus respect.
1: Right. How do
0: you express who you are without disrespecting where you are and the people yes. whom have whom have so graciously received
1: you. Right, right. Because let's be clear, Panama don't owe the US nothing. Nada. We, we you know If you are, I don't know Panama's history, it's really important to me. So I'm working to learn the language. I'm working to make sure my son and I are educated on the history. When I read the history, Uh when it talks about egregious behavior on Panamanian soil, U.S. comes up a lot. And so that says to me, I have a responsibility to show up in Panama different than the folks who have shown up from where I'm from before me. Yes. And And we should be willing to do that, be excited to do that, that they have this egregious history and are still so welcoming of us on their soil.
0: We had a guy tell our bus driver uh, one time, we were going into one of the units that we see on a tour, and he went to our bus driver and he says, who are they? And the bus driver told him we were expats from the U.S., uh, potential expats from the U.S. And a white guy told him, he said, they're the best neighbors.
1: And Mm -hmm. I said, said
0: no one ever in the United States.
1: Right, right, right. No one ever in the United States. And I Mm -hmm. think
0: that sometimes when, when we get to an international space where it's different for all of us, that Mm we kind of have more of a cohesiveness when it comes to, and that probably had more to do. I felt like, and I'm, you know, I make up stuff. Okay. But Mm -hmm. I felt like with that guy, it was probably like, he's probably in his mind, maybe while he was in the United States, thought that black people were the worst neighbors to have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that is what they would have you to
1: believe. Exactly.
0: Okay. That is what they would have you to believe. But then, you know, when you come to a different space, And Mm -hmm. one of my first things moving into an international, moving to Panama was I did not understand why children were on my front steps. Right. I'm, wait a minute. I don't have no kids. I don't have (laughs) no kids. I don't know you. I don't know your mama. I cannot imagine why you are not only on my front steps, but you are jumping off my front step. You are actually making noise that has- Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, disturb me in my own home. That's, right. And as a as some somebody coming from the United States, I was just like, "Whoa, what is going on?" So maybe that that white man who thought mm-hmm. that black neighbors were so great, you know, got to compare like they just wasn't used to the culture. Right, right. Okay. And when you when you have black neighbors move in, you say, "Well, gosh, at least they're not going to be on my front steps."
1: Hmm. Hmm. Maybe mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that was that. I don't know. But we learn a lot about ourselves and others in advice.
1: Yes. Absolutely, and I think it's hard to. I think it's Brene Brown who says it's hard to hate up close. And there's something about being forced into a melting pot where. You know, if you look, if you look up black images on the Internet or if you're looking at black shows on TV, you're going to create a certain narrative about me. This is kind of going back to what I was saying about being willing to assess whether it's hatred or ignorance, because ignorance is usually lack of education. And so if I can show you who I am. Like I know me, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good to have in your life. If I can show you who I am, you're not going to have the same image of blackness after interacting with me. Right. And so, and again, even if that means you and I are not going to be friends, Mm -hmm. that's going to change how you view black people forever. And maybe your best black friend is on the way and you're going to not be ignorant. You're not going to lose out on the richness that is being loved by black people. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. They that 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 now you're talking. I mean, and that that's
0: that's the honest to God truth. And mm-hmm. you know, my uh my partner, um, Chris, yes. um, you know, we've been rolling for a while. Mm-hmm. And Chris has learned a lot about black mm-hmm. people by being with us. And um, and I mean, some lessons were hard. And I yeah. I don't I don't you, you know, but being in a business setting where our audience is African Americans you got to get it right. Mm-hmm. Get it right because you know we are super sensitive about some stuff anyway. We are, we you are. know. And I really always give him his props just for having the Kahungas, right, right. I mean, really, and and to really make it his business to not only learn but to understand mm-hmm. and empathize. You know, and it's like you said, not that Chris was ever a hater, because he's always been, right.
1: Love know, Chris, yeah.
0: dude. Okay, right. But I like when you said that. Uh, I think you said Renee Brown said it's hard to hate up close. Was that her?
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's
0: hard to hate up close. So once you get this kind of experience, I mean, mm-hmm. just imagine the education that Chris has gotten, and you know, you've
1: been on our tours. I you know. know. Back. Exactly, exactly.
0: And imagine what he has gained. And so now when we're doing things, he is actually able to have a much better understanding about Mm -hmm. people he is serving, Mm -hmm. what is going to go well, and what is probably not going to go well. And so it's all about respect. You know, it's all about exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's all about respect and you're right. Ignorance can be
1: annihilated
0: with mm-hmm.
1: It can, it can. And then now it, hatred is a different story. It, and it, I ain't I ain't over there trying to fix you. It,
0: it, 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 that it is what it is. But it yeah. is good.
1: So you know, I, I love
0: Panama. Um, you love Panama and I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell us, so where is um where are you from? Um, and how did you decide it that you wanted to leave the United States and how did you ultimately decide on that about?
1: Yeah. So I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a Southern girl. Um, and I've really, I'm well-traveled, but I've really only lived in Charlotte and its surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I often, you know, would joke about like, oh, I missed, you know, that time in life where I should have like moved to New York to pursue a dream in my 20s and like struggled and do all those things. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like I had these desires. I regretted not studying abroad. So I had these desires to live other places, but I never did. Um, But I did love to travel. I do love to travel. Um, And so in 2016, you know, Things got wild. Uh, People got elected. And I think because I have a very diverse group of friends Uh that I was maybe in my own ignorance bubble of what was still brewing outside. I think because my friend group is so curated around diversity, inclusion, like of all kinds. Maybe I was tricking myself to believe that. that
0: Are those like your friends, a lot of those friends, do you, did you meet them through your, your profession or Um, have you grown
1: up? Mostly college. A few friends I had grown up with, um, I'm really close to a cousin. Um, we're like sisters, um, but mostly like college and then yes, into my professional life, which. You know, we would hope that the people out here healing the people aren't bigots and crazy and racist. And so, yeah, so I was in this bubble um, in my own ignorance about what people were experiencing and feeling. And then I feel like 2016 happened and I was like, oh, we're not where I thought we might be moving. Oh, as far as a people or as far as those relationships that you that you have? As far as a people, as far as the U.S. Okay. You know what I mean? Like numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? And then also it felt like the permission to be blatantly hateful got ignited. Yes. And two things happened for me. Number one, I'm a mom and I have a black boy and he is sweet and tender and, Funny and expressive and creative. He's also 11 and five foot seven and in a size 12 Man. shoe. He's wow. a big black boy. And I started to boy. notice the difference between, you know, the cops being like high five when he was like four and five and the like grimace and move along when he was 11 he mm-hmm. is no different from four to 11 he's still silly and like we're watching sesame street to learn spanish he'll get up and do the elmo dance every time at 11 you know what i mean like he's that kind of kid but they don't see him anymore
0: oh wow and so
1: i was feeling all this anxiety around that i um i also work in a field where i hear the horror And so that doesn't necessarily help because it causes you to see it more. So I, one of the things I do is I work with survivors of mass shootings. And so it was also this, like, you can go anywhere and not be safe anymore. You know what I mean? So there was that compiled on it. Yes. Um, and as well as the fear for my son as well as well as like people saying things and doing things me going online and thinking i knew this person cuz we've worked together for 15 years and they are saying the wildest stuff i have ever heard and then when i'm like hey but me and they're like well you're different
0: you're different." and i'm like
1: it. i'm not though you how do you hug my little black boy and then not understand what happened to Tamir Rice. And how do you not see him when you see him? Like, you know what I mean? And so I just noticed that I felt anxious. I felt sad. I felt angry. And those things started to manifest physically in my body even. Um, And I'm like going to the chiropractor and I'm pre-diabetic and I'm like all of these things. And I was just like, this is not life. This is not what life is for. And I try to be really, I try to live a parallel process with my clients. And so I don't ask my clients to do things that I don't do. And so I encourage my clients to seek joy, to seek purpose to find what sets their soul on fire. And here I am, mad, angry, rolling my eyes, ready to fight, not doing any of that. And so in 2016, I Googled like best places for black families to live outside the US. And Panama came up on every list. But in 2016, I'm starting a practice. I'm still working at a university. I'm like, this is a dream. I'm never going anywhere. Like, where am I gonna go? How How would I do this? And then in 2020 COVID happened and my entire practice went onto my computer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and the things I was doing outside of my practice, I was traveling to them. I was still doing them, but I was doing them. Like I could, I could do, like I can fly out of anywhere as long as there's an airport. And so I kind of was like, maybe this is the opportunity to do it differently. And so I joined like black expats all around the world on, facebook and through that i found you and a couple of others and then i started to really and i might have thought when did you start black expats on facebook in 19 2019 i think i found you in 2019 in 2019 i was like oh I'm, I'm gonna have to figure it out i'm gonna have to change careers <laughs> i can't i can't do this no more and so but in 2020 the thing i saw a lot of is that it's lonely that when you expat there's a tendency to be lonely cuz you ha- you don't know connections you don't necessarily know the language it's hard to make a community yes. and what i noticed of all the places that i was following you were building a community like i could see it even when you were just like i moved to panama y'all should think about it <laughs> even before the first tour i was like she building something let me let me just pay attention Wow. And then when George Floyd happened and you were like, because George Floyd, I think, broke something. That was it. Me. I think it broke something. In, in a in lot me. of in a lot of people. Um, and not even just black people. I think it was again, you Inform you can't stay ignorant with information. I think a lot of people were like, oh, oh, Weren't you on the trip with Miss Ann? Mm-hmm. hmm The white lady. I was, yeah. We wanted too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, Yeah.
0: It's She's bad. hurting. She's hurting. You know, I mean, we're hurting because these are exactly upon us. But then, you know, that's why when people say, Well, you let you let um, you know, white people in this group. Yeah, I let the right white mm-hmm. people in this group. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You here to add to this group? If mm-hmm. you here because you have a level of, of empathy and you are like minded in a lot of ways, absolutely. Now, if Absolutely. you follow MAGA and you talking foolishness in your profile and stuff, and I don't see any other connection, I don't right. see any good reason why you want to be in our group. No, you cannot. Just like right. any other, just like any other category of folk, every right. it to uh, to the extent possible. You know exactly. Fine. And if and if you look if you look crazy or if you look like you know. You know, but anyway, I thought it was interesting because she said, you know, we're like concerned as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think you should be because eventually hate just poisons everything. You know what I mean? When everything happened with uh Tyree Nichols, people were like, Are you shocked that they were black police officers? And no. I was like, and I won't be shocked when the white police officers start killing white people either. Cause yes. that's how it works. It yes. it's a it's a poison it will poison everyone, you know what I mean? Like, if we're not helping people do something different with their pain, their fear, their ignorance, their hatred, it'll poison everything.
0: But you know, when those black cops killed him, you know, and I have to be, I have to be honest, I have really intentionally um, distanced myself from the um, the U.S. news yeah, as much as Mm -hmm. Because it is just a never-ending 24-hour cycle of freaking misery. Mm -hmm. It is there is nothing good happening nowhere. Every day is breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. But one thing that I did notice, and like I said, I don't follow too closely, and appreciate the fact that they didn't call those black officers out. When these white cops kill black men, The tagline is always white officers kills black, you know, right. president or citizen, black man, unarmed black man or whatever. Listen, it is what it is. The, they don't, don't let black people hide behind the fact that mm. we don't do that kind of stuff to each other too. Right. For you know, right. all black. but And like mm-hmm. I said, there was a, there was a white guy in there too, but unfortunately I can't follow it as close There's nothing that I can really do Mm -hmm. about it. I feel like, and when I tell you it weighs me down Mm -hmm. and being a mental health professional, I think that you would know, you understand what I mean when I say that it's too heavy.
1: It's too heavy. Yeah. 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 And I think that doesn't mean that we don't all have our part in the resistance. Right. But I also think we have to be sure that we are not all trying to resist in the same way because resistance needs to be multifaceted. And for me right now, part of my resistance is raising a black boy well and having black joy. That's (laughs) part of my resistance. Now, I'm doing the healing work with the people. Because I do think that the more well we are, the better we behave in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I do that work with the people. And outside of that, part of my resistance is raising this black boy and having this black joy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm no longer in the streets. I did my time in the streets, fighting the things, wearing the thing, getting tear. I did that. Um, And that's for a different group of folks now. And now my resistance looks different. I'm also in a place of some privilege financially. And so my resistance looks different like that. And my money, when I give my money, it goes to the things that I believe help move the healing of black people together, the healing of marginalized communities forward. That's where my money goes. And so I think we also have to be okay being like, I can't do that part right now or maybe ever again but i can do this part but i can do that's good too
0: that is i've always been the one i'm saying listen first of all i'm gonna tell you right now i see some of these photos of carnival it's carnival right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's amazing but i saw giovanna and giovanna was up somewhere high uh, looking (laughs) down at a crowd that's why i wanted to come because that that that's not what i that being out in that crowd that doesn't look attractive to me at all. Right. And it's same with Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Uh, I, 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 I respect the movement. I am so glad for those people that have that 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 are willing to show their resistance by showing up physically. Absolutely. Yeah. Check. Right. Yeah. Check. I'm going to um. Disseminate, disseminate information through my uh my social networks mm-hmm, but i'm mm-hmm. not coming out on the streets right i'm not right. so everybody can do their part exactly and, like you know just the the whole willie lynch le- legend uh-oh the whole willie lynch legend and everything with us you know kind of going against each other and hmm I kind of a little bit see that with Black expats, so
1: mm.
0: we need to, we need to, ah, uh, ah, uh, we need to mm-hmm. cut that down. And it's mm-hmm. you said being the colonizer. I think that when you get into other places, that we need you, Courtney, to say, "What are you doing? What are mm-hmm. you doing? What exactly? What are you doing?" And allow us to really take a look. Admiral Mice is smoke reef, but mm-hmm. I was. The, good I out. Talk about the Lord. I'm all over the place now. I, <laughs> and at one point in my life, I didn't smoke reefer for very long because I could never trust it. I just never knew. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, smoke some reefer and child, just everything is hilarious. But <laughs> was like just when I would get that high, like all oh my goodness, just at the best. But then you would smoke reefer and you find yourself standing in the corner with your hands straight down. Mm-hmm. It, look that right there, I can't deal with. And I could never really accept the fact of me being, you know, completely crazy out there in the streets. But, mm-hmm. but, and I, I, I got all mixed up with that. I don't know why Why? why I went there with the refo. But what I'm saying, what I wanted to say was this. Lord, I don't know why I went there with the refo. I have to come back to that. But what I want to say is this. We have a tendency to pick one against the other.
1: Yeah. And one thing
0: mm-hmm. that I'm seeing with the Willie Lynch I'm seeing Willie Lynch because I'm seeing people who have had this awakening, you know, mm-hmm. had epiphany, planned their work, worked their plan and made a move. And now it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Oh,
0: it, it, you, you have to, sometimes it's hard to even express to people that don't know the peace and joy that you have found in other international spaces just mm-hmm. not, not Panama, like you know, I mean we got a black movement. But what I do not like is for people to to come here and get the sense of superiority. Yes. Of yes. And mm-hmm. then and then that and then inflict that sense of su- superiority not only on locals but even when your brothers and sisters are in the United States and have mm-hmm. come to the conclusion that they are, you know, and, and kind of down people
1: mm-hmm.
0: and playing their part when they need to play their part. And I
1: exactly. Don't, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely, that definitely feels like colonizer.
0: I said, yeah, I said, bring me back because the reef apart threw me
1: (laughs) off. Yeah, that definitely feels like colonizer behavior, because let's be honest, in Mm -hmm. order for you to leave the country of origin, you either need to have privilege or deep fear. You know what I mean? Like when people walk thousands of miles from their home to try to live somewhere else, they are in deep fear. And if you can afford to fly from your home and live somewhere else, you are a person of privilege. And I know that in the U.S., being Black and having privilege feels like it doesn't go together. But that doesn't mean it's not true. That doesn't mean this Black girl right here doesn't have some privilege. Because when I was ready to move, I had the funds and the resources to take me and my son up out of there. And so if I'm coming somewhere out of privilege and then looking down on other people, that's colonizer, like that's colonizer behavior. And you have to get also, if I'm coming in assessing, one of the things I've seen is assessment of all the issues in Panama and you need to do this and we need to, they need to do this and I need to get, I was like, you need to sit down and shut up and take notes. This country has existed long before you. Yes. Long before, before you, before you, got and there. you need to sit down and pay attention. Yeah. And once you have learned some things by intentionally interacting with the local people, intentionally interacting in the black sit community, intentionally paying attention to the history and the government, then maybe you can raise your hand and wait to yeah. be called on if you have a suggestion. But yeah. stepping into a new country with your opinion of what they need to do, screams colonizer. And we have to look at that and own that that lives in us. When I catch myself, oh, why can't they just, oh, 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 Uh, that's uh, your colonizer bias, Courtney. You gotta sit with that. Where does that come from? Who do you think you are to have that judgment? (laughs) Yes. Be still, you know what I mean? Like self reflect and be like, why do I think I know better than this country that's existed for a century?
0: And that I've come to. That
1: I, like I for had to run, <laughs> I had to run to, right. Come to for a better life, sit down. Right, right. You know, down somewhere. Get your ass down.
0: and people who do not have quote unquote the privilege mm-hmm. of finances. Right. Okay? Like we do. Our money goes a lot Panama, by no stretch of the imagination and inexpensive right. to live in, in Central or South America. However, mm-hmm. it is, you You go, your money goes a lot further. Your
1: yeah, money goes further, it does. Mm-hmm. You might come from
0: the United States. However, Tom, Panamanians might say to you, But yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole, whole lot of money, but I'm happy. Are you?
1: Right, right, yeah. right. What I notice is that when the fireworks go off, and I mean, Panama loves fireworks. When the fireworks go off, none of the Panamanians duck in cover because none of them think it's gunshot. Wow. When I was out on New Year's Eve, two of my some of my friends came to visit for their birthday. And you know, fireworks are going off. All of us, we ducking and shaking and all the Panamanians looking at us like, what's what's wrong? Are y'all afraid of fireworks? I was like, ooh, we over here just as traumatized in our privilege as we wanna be. So we can turn our nose up, but guess what? They don't have my high blood pressure, my anxiety, my depression, because they're not traumatized like me. You know what I mean? Not to say people in Panama haven't experienced trauma. That's not what I'm saying. But some of the things that we had to leave from, they've not experienced. There's not been a mass shooting, a school shooting. You know what I mean? There's some things that they've had the privilege of that we haven't. Mm -hmm. And so again, we need to sit down and shut up and observe. So when George Floyd, so when George Floyd happened, that's when
0: my group exploded. You know, yes. I mm-hmm. I created this group mm-hmm. in 2019 because I didn't see, I mean, there's there's a whole lot more groups now, you mm-hmm. know, black black something in Panama. Yes. Um, uh, but there wasn't that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was none. That is why and I, I thank God that that there was none because mm-hmm. had there been one I'd have just fell into line with mm-hmm. what and you know went from there but I had to create one and that's yes, why I'm is. going I'm so that going protective of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from zero when yeah. nobody else was doing it and so yeah I will I will clap back when I need to to, mm-hmm. to protect what i built but when George Floyd happened and I had already been there for a year, hmm Everything exploded. Everything. Right. Exploded. That's when I, that's when I told Chris, we need a relocation tour
1: because mm-hmm.
0: of things that were being asked to me. So once the George Floyd, you made all those considerations. And I think it's mm-hmm. something because one thing that people sometimes don't associate with stress, anxiety is health. Right. Right. To starting to manifest in your body. Absolutely what happens
1: mm-hmm. yes what
0: happens? so yes. what what prompted you for first of all I'm going to ask you what prompted you to take that first step because I know you came on the tour and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you how old were you when you got your first passport and how old was your son
1: so when I got my first okay so I'll do the passport first so when I got my first passport I was early 20s, very early 20s. Um, And then my son got his first passport um, four, I think he was like four. Wow. Mm -hmm. Because I, yeah, I, my mom taught me the importance of travel. And I also think that you can only, like we can only dream as big as we've seen.
0: Mm -hmm. and so
1: i want him to see the taj mahal if i want my son to believe he's infinite then i want him to see infinity and so i want him to see the taj mahal i want him to see um the great wall of china i want him to see you know all of africa i want him to see because once you see your brain believes yes and a lot of people that don't have bigger vision is simply because they haven't seen it. It's why representation matters. Yes. And, and have, the minute they see it, they're like, oh, I could do and that. Then they have seen it. They haven't seen somebody that looked like them experience. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like that's why representation matters. Like I have to see me do it you yeah. know what I mean and so even like my life here was very curated around black doctors black you know if if, if this black person I'm gonna try to go to them first now they don't always work yes but if it's a black person I'm gonna try to go to them first because yeah. I want my son to see that black people do things
0: mm-hmm.
1: more yep. than what society tells him black people do yes and right. so yeah so that's when we got our passports that's when he got his passport <clears throat> excuse me and then um the other question was, "What, what when did what, I? What, what
0: made you make that? Was that when you made, so you have been doing your research and everything. So when you came on the tour, what month did you come on the tour? And was that your first solid step towards transition?
1: So I came on the tour in July of 2022. Mm-hmm. And um, I was pretty, at that point, I was like, if I stay in the U.S., I'm going to Puerto Rico, the territory. Mm-hmm. Um And I was thinking about Portugal, but it felt far. It also felt like that was, I don't know if I want to go to Europe. That's where the colonizing started. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure I want to be there. Um, And then it was Panama. And Panama just kept coming to me. And so what I'll also say is 2016 on, I also was trying to be in a different spiritual journey, a different Mm -hmm. journey of healing. There was a lot of things that happened in 2016 that led me to like, I got to do some deeper healing work. Like there's some stuff that needs to get healed up in here. And so I was, you know, I have consistently gone to therapy every other week since 2016 because I don't trust a therapist who doesn't have her own therapist. Let me just be clear. Your therapist needs a therapist, (laughs) period. Um, But I was super consistent with it. I was, you know, diving into my spirituality. I'm meditating, I'm doing more things. And so by the time I get, On this plane to go to Panama in 2022, I'm at a place spiritually where I know how to ask for what I want. Mm -hmm. And so my ask is make it plain. Like I usually on a plane, I'm not a great flyer, so I usually have a lot of distractions. I rode the ride like from Miami to Panama, like I distracted myself to Miami, but Miami to Panama, I was in meditation and prayer. Make it plain ancestors you know God like make it plain if I'm supposed to be here make it plain I don't want to guess I don't want to doubt I want a yes or a no and it has just been a yes the entire time even when we went to um, the Church of the Black Christ Yes. I bought a candle. So purple is a really important color for me. I had a childhood best friend who was killed. Her favorite color is purple. So I love purple. It's just how I connect with her. One of the ways I connect with her. And so you're talking about this church. of tales, talking about this church and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And then the church is purple. Yes. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I'm listening. Okay. Okay. And I go get my purple candle and I, I, I love Catholic churches. I'm not Catholic, but I love to like, I've always gone and lit a candle in a Catholic church and sat quietly. That's always been a thing for me. So I get my purple candle. I light my candle. I go sit several pews back to just sit for a moment. While we're waiting to get back on the bus, and I'm just in prayer. I'm like, y'all, if this is, you know, all my people, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, make it plain, make it plain. And I open my eyes, and I have to send you the picture. I've never told you this story, Charlotte. I have to send you the picture. Yeah, you know, like my I flame, my flame was this big. He was doing this. You said what? My flame on my candle was this big. Everybody else's flame is like the regular little candle flame. My flame was large and it was flickering and like moving around. And I was just like, Is that my candle? And I like walked back up. It was my candle. And nah. I was like, I believe you. I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to keep asking the question for the rest of the trip. I'm going to drink in the rest of the trip. I hear the yes and I'm going to move forward. And also, shout out to you. You make it plain. The right. very first night, you're like, here's an attorney, here's a real estate agent, here's a doctor, here's insurance. Like, it's like, oh, that's what you prayed for. Oh, okay. I <laughs> just need to do the things and follow the steps. Bam. Yep. And I've done the things and followed the steps, and it has just worked each and every way. It's just been confirmation. And so I just am learning to trust. I'm trying to like, not just be a person who says I have faith, but actually act like it.
0: Yeah. If I
1: believe in things and I need to act like it. If I believe there is this higher being moving me forward in life, protecting me, providing for me, giving me abundance, then I need to act like it instead of playing scared and then claiming I have faith.
0: Come on now, girl. And so Beautiful.
1: That's that's how we got here. And so July uh, 2022, my first footsteps on Panama soil. Uh, December 29th, Carter and I were there. We got our keys to our apartment December 30th. Because I always just say, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. Right? Wait. You were like, what are you doing here? Wait a minute. Girl, mm-hmm.
0: and you have just been loving life since. So I let. Have. Let me ask you this: We have a, a we have to go in a, in a few minutes. This has been an amazing conversation, and I definitely we have spoke briefly. I love doing this because you know I'm so busy that I don't really have enough time to dig into certain things. Right, what, right. With these interviews, is that I am fully present. Right, I love, right. Fully present and. People that I have like, you know, short passing conversations with, you know, when I when we're on an interview and we get to dig in like this, I just absolutely love it. So let me, let me ask for the parents who mm-hmm. are this interview. Now you came with your with your king and tell us how his experience has been, you know, so far and how have you decided as far as education, are you homeschooling? Mm-hmm. Or how how is that going with having the son with you?
1: Yeah, it's been this, and I'm not going to cry. That's my favorite person in the world. But um, the last few years have been hard for him too in a lot of different ways. And, you know, he just is a light of a person. And I had watched that light dim. Yeah, And I had a moment, I sent a picture, a video of us in uh, Casco Viejo on New Year's Eve, like after the fireworks and the countdown, and he was saucing. I'll send you the video, but don't judge my baby. But I sent it to my cousin, and she was like, "His smile is back." Wow. And I was like, "It, it, like that smile, like that full, like light, is back." And so. He, you know, I am somebody, I talk very openly with my son. I value his opinion. I respect him as a full human being. Even as a small child, I've respected him as a full human being. And so I've checked in with him many times and he's like, you know, it's hard at times. He was a little nervous about finding friends. He now has some buddies on our floor in our apartment, which is amazing, Um, And we're doing homeschooling because the school I really, really like didn't have a spot for him until seventh grade. So we're homeschooling the rest of this semester. Um, But he's loving it. He's alive. Now he I have to get him together because he's gonna be the one who talked down about the people, not the people in, in the US, but uh-huh. he was like, This isn't fresh, like it's fresh in Panama. This tastes different than when we in Panama. I was like, Look, we're going like pull it together. Like we're it's Miami airport. Like the food is not, it's that's not what you're here yes. for. You're here yes. to get to your next destination. Yes. You got to be all right. This chicken yeah. sandwich don't taste like the chicken son, son. <laughs> But Mr. other than I, he's wow. loved it. He's absolutely loved it, and I think it is teaching him something that I couldn't teach him. I think experiences teach our children things we can't yes, teach them. We can, and watching us navigate experiences teaches. This him journey,
0: something. I mean, and he's this at the
1: journey. perfect age because I
0: right. mean, he's going to remember it all. Mm-hmm. You know, it is just going to impact his entire life. You know, Mm -hmm. kids need to see, and so we have we we have a building coming up in town. I know, and um, and a big part of the reason I said yes to that was for our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Our kids, our kids, our kids Mm -hmm. see that. Yeah. Yeah. Us doing big things like that and carving out new places in the world for ourselves. And I don't want my grandchildren to go on relocation tours and be fearful. Right, Because right. it's about representation. And that's something that I've learned because you know this is mm-hmm. something for me. And what I've learned is that we're fearful. Because yeah. we haven't seen as many, we haven't seen the, our grandmoms and our granddads, you know, mm-hmm. you know coming to their place, their summer home in Costa Rica and all that kind of stuff. Right. That has been most of our experience. Right. But the more we see it, and I think you said you you dream as big as you can see. Right. I want our kids to take this thing to the next level. Right. Your your ancestors' wildest dream, Courtney. Mm-hmm. You are, and yeah. you are making a difference for, and everybody is affecting. You know, when we do this interview and it goes out all over the place, people, you got more people saying, "Wow!" But mm-hmm. more importantly, we can do what we do the most within our smaller circles, right? For right? people, people that know you from Atlanta mm-hmm. that grew up with you. That you have influence, you know, mm-hmm. it's in, in their decision-making and what they will trust. The, the the faith that they have and the proof that you bring is enough to make them, mm. number one, get in their past, trust right? and believe. And as we're doing that, we are making differences for generations to come. Yes. And we just had a residency celebration here in um, in Panama last weekend. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, it is just the most amazing thing. It is something that we have to celebrate. We have to make a big deal about it because
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it's just not everyday stuff. We right. are not on, on faith. We are making new ways for us. Yes. So I'm so proud of you. And I'm thank so- you. And I just love the way that you processed in this thing and you've taken us through your journey. And uh, I really appreciate it. I want to ask you, you talked about your uh, your private practice. What is the name of your private practice? How do we find you? How do we how do we reach out to you and also the people who are in Panama, who I hope yeah. are talking about the whole mental transition and trauma that we're dealing with will reach out to you as well so talk to us about that
1: yes absolutely so my my practice name is actually changing um because the way that I did my um, residency with Panama is I created a business okay. um and it's called Haven Wellness okay. and my brand manager was like nope that's the name we're moving to Haven Wellness so I'm in the process of rebranding into Haven Wellness. But okay. you can find me under Courtney Leak L C S W on everything. So Instagram, Courtney Leak L C S W, Facebook. My email is Courtney Leak L C S W at Gmail, and my website is CourtneyLeak L C S W dot com.
0: And don't give her no E and no S on the in her name.
1: <laughs> yes, L-E-A-K L-C-S-W. Yes. It's it, it, people love an E and an S on Leak. But here's the thing.
0: The good part about that, I love Haven Wellness. I, mm-hmm. I do. I mean, it, it, it says a lot. There's some people's yeah. business things, you're like, well, what do you do? So you, you right. got the wellness in there and the Haven part just lets you know. You know what exactly. I mean?
1: Business exactly, exactly.
0: But the other thing um, that I wanted to say was that even though you're rebranding to Haven Wellness, you always going to be Courtney
1: Leak. Exactly, exactly.
0: The best situation. You know, you are in the best of places when it comes to your brand because one of them is your name and the other one is just an amazing company name. So,
1: yeah, thank you.
0: You you can keep both of them. You can work there. Right. Right. Because at some point it's so good. I mean, I wouldn't even let the other one go because it's so good. You're going to be so international and so Mm -hmm. so, that you're going to need that separate brand. right? Right may go into something completely different but that courtney is true too and mm-hmm. the one courtney Lee made that, that i mean just having your name you can expand that i'm starting to market a brand my name more now because i'm just right place and it's just easy to say hey i'm sure i do one want this the stuff i do you ain't got go to go exactly business, but it's like for that but i think that um uh, it's i think it's a good thing and yeah. uh And I think that you will do wonderful here together, uh, wonderful here in Panama. And I knew what I was going to say. Panama has a way of bringing out the most amazing, creative
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And so, I mean, the best is yet to come.
1: I receive it, I receive it, and I cannot wait. And I just, you know, I believe in giving people their flowers, so I appreciate you giving me my flowers, and I want you to make sure you know, like, what you are doing. Like, you're creating something that is not being created. Like, I, you know, have seen, I still even follow what some other folks are doing, and it's not knocking it, because Panama's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the people were like, oh, do you have friends yet? And I was like, yep. I sure do. I have a whole group of friends already. I'm already at that place in Panama. I'm like, dang, I need to go see so-and-so and and I need to do this because you create a community that's vast and multifaceted. And it's not all in one lane. If you're interested in business, if you want to learn Spanish, if you want to dance with us, if you want to go on this cruise, like There's so many ways that you connect us. And like I said in the beginning, that was the thing I heard that expatting is lonely and it has not been lonely. I'm in the States for three weeks. Mm -hmm. People got keys to my house. They like, girl, I had to go in there and check out your dehumidifier. But then also they were like, oh, our, you know, they're doing some maintenance. We're not going to have water that day. I was like, go stay at the house like yes. I already have built this community because yes. of you everyone I'm in relationship with in Panama like wow. every black expat I met through you wow and I see what we see each other you. in the streets and we yell at each other and I we're like know. giving each other it's love amazing. you created that for us but like you <laughs> made it a home right. Panama was a destination you made it my home
0: and oh. so I just want
1: to say thank you for that Oh, Courtney, thank you. This interview was so amazing. Mm, Yes, thank you. you. I got to give an extra big hug. I know. I think I'm going to come to African Dance. I think I'll be back for African Dance. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Mm. And you Mm. know, I'm so glad that we're talking about the
0: whole mental health thing. Mm. And I really, we out of time now, but I really want, I'm going, okay, I'm I'm just going to make an executive decision and ask you Mm. one more thing. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of celebrities. You hear a lot Mm -hmm. of people who are, you know, um, Mm well-to-do. And you hear a lot of people, like you say, people who are motivational speakers, people who are uh, mental health um, experts and professionals talk about their therapists. Mm -hmm. So tell me this. First of all, I want you to help us dispel the thought that you have to be a celebrity or well-to-do to to have a therapist and just Mm kind of dig in just a little bit on what do you talk to your therapist about, you know, every week when you go in, like what is the average cost to have Mm -hmm. a therapist where you can go in and speak an hour or whatever? Do you have to have insurance? You know, just a little bit about bring that home to us.
1: Yes, absolutely. So you talk to your therapist about whatever you want. People come to me and talk to me about all kinds of things, because oftentimes a thing is not just that thing. I've had a client be like, I could not pick a shirt in the store like I needed a shirt and I couldn't pick a shirt. And we were able to tie that to being told that they didn't make good choices in childhood and they still doubt themselves all the time. You see what I mean? Like usually the way we are showing up is not about how we're showing up in the moment. It is the patterns and the narrative that we've been holding our entire life, the what we believe about ourselves, that's causing us to show up a certain way. And so bring everything to your therapist. It's your therapist's job to help you tease it out and find the relevance. You don't have to come to them and be like, this is the issue and it's important because that's their job. So you just bring whatever you want to bring. Therapy is for everybody. Now, every therapist is not for everybody. Like I know me, I'm funny, I'm engaging, I'm Mm -hmm. cool, I'm smart, and I'm not for everybody. And that's okay. There are plenty of therapists. But therapy, healing is for everybody. You can use your insurance. If you use your insurance, you will have like a diagnosis. People Mm -hmm. get nervous about that. And so if you don't want that, then you don't have to use your insurance. And Mm -hmm. even if you don't use your insurance, if you have like a health savings account, Mm -hmm. you can still use that to pay for your therapy. And so that those two things are separate. If you choose not to use your insurance and you have a health savings account, you can still use that.
0: So. I I would think that now, you know, COVID had its benefits because we learned about how much we could do without being in each other's face. Exactly. So I would think that now that therapy is so
1: available from a
0: virtual standpoint, it's Mm -hmm. opened up the doors for even even more
1: yes yes now some things you are bound by like your license you know what I mean and so like I can provide coaching to a lot of people um but like for therapy practices billing and things like that I'm licensed in North Carolina so sometimes you're bound by your license your therapist is bound by their license but I have other um certifications and things that allow me to step outside of North Carolina so if you need a therapist that you really like but they're in Tennessee you're in Virginia it might not be a thing but there are so many platforms there's psychology today there's therapy for black girls therapy for black men there's different like platforms to go look and find therapists in your area now also the average cost, um, some people do a sliding scale. I still do a sliding scale. I'm no longer taking insurance just cause it's more complicated than I need it to be at this point. Um, I do provide documentation if people wanna send that to their insurance and get their own reimbursement but they have to do that separately. but I do offer a sliding scale. I have a couple of pro bono folks. I've had people I've worked with for years. They fell on hard times. I was like, I'll see you next week. They're like, I can't afford to pay. I was like, I said what I said, I'll see you next week. And so it all kind of works out. You just need to be honest with your therapist. Mm -hmm. If you can't afford it, if, or if something's going on, like be honest, and maybe they can't keep you, but they can probably find a resource for you. Um, average full cost is probably gonna be between like 150 depending on where you live all the way up i've heard people say in like new york and stuff it's like 325 so an that's hour. not some an hour yeah. so that's not something you know to shake your finger at um yeah. and i often encourage people that we need to learn how to invest in our wellness yes because you ain't going to do nothing with them gucci slides <laughs> okay. that that bugatti ain't gonna do nothing for you if you are not physically or mentally well and we are right now seeing people who have what it appears to be everything they're mm-hmm. beautiful they're talented they're rich and they're not well
0: yeah, and it I, cost
1: them their yeah. lives Yes. So let's start getting real about where we want to invest because I see people who are like, I can't afford to go to therapy, but then they in Bali and they got a Beamer and they wear, you know what I'm saying? East St. Laurent, which is banging. That's great. But if you're not well, that's not going to matter long term. So let's also get honest about what we actually have to invest in ourselves.
0: Yes. I love that Well my sister thank you so much. I so appreciate you thank spending you time with me. me and um I've learned a lot and I'm sure that the audience has too and I'll make sure that I have all of your contact information sent it to me and then I'll make yeah. sure I have it all in in the um text so gotta go I'm in trouble again but I love you I'll see you soon.
1: <laughs> I'll see you soon take care
0: Bye-bye. bye bye.
1: And there you have it.
0: See, I know that periodically y'all be saying, you know where was so extra, she is always saying how dope her guests are and everything like that. Bet you just guess she ain't even gonna be all that dope. Uh-uh, I never disappoint. Do I tell the truth? Tell the truth. I never disappoint. Let me tell you something. That I feel like was one of the best. Um, it wasn't even like an interview. It was more like a conversation. Um, that I've had you know we delved into some really um, interesting nuances and and facts and I mean she dropped some gems that will really really um, help me and I hope that they help somebody else Um, she talked about healing on the other side um, and, and who she's and what she's taking with her she said it's hard to hate up close Hatred, is it hatred or is it ignorance? You know, um, just so many things for us to consider. Um, Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you and I love you so much. Um, I want to leave you today with Just My Imagination by The Temptations. That's one of Courtney's songs that she chose from like the 70s and it just happens to be one of my absolute favorites all time um, oldies. And so I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to thank you for listening in. I want to thank my main man, Daryl Spears, Elite Conversation Podcast Media for producing this show for me. And later on, my show goes to like Spotify and Apple. I think it's on iHeart. It's like all over the place. So make sure if you miss a radio broadcast, you can always catch up later. Um, through any conversation, podcast, media, and I'm all over the place. SoundCloud, so um, check us out. Um, I love you. I love you. I love you. And there is just absolutely nothing you can do about it. You can find us everywhere at Black Expats in Panama, and um, get at your girl. I love to hear from you. If you have some radio shows, you have some feedback, don't hesitate. Let your girl know. Y'all have a wonderful, blessed, marvelous day. Until next time, this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on blacksinradio.com. Bye, y'all.